Welcome, my friends, to the Moon Jockeys podcast. <laughs> An in-depth discussion of Star Wars themes, characters, and storylines. Now, here are your hosts, Katie and Brian. Welcome to another episode of Moon Jockeys Podcast. My name is Brian, one of your hosts. I'm so excited to be talking tonight with my co-host. How are you doing tonight, Katie? Hi, Brian. I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. <laughs> that is such a good quote. Oh, good. Thank you. I thought it would be appropriate for our topic tonight, uh, talking about our top five Jedi, or we're going to expand it to top five light side users right yeah like we're looking at a broader scope of the force uh to look at some of the other light side users yeah uh though for me i didn't put anybody in my top five who doesn't have a laser sword just personally i i tried to keep jedi in mind when making this list uh just because well it's because personally if uh we truly opened it up to anybody who's touched by the light side of the force or identifies more strongly with the light side of the force i would just go crazy and shmi skywalker would be at the top of my list like number one she is. She's the number one light side user in like the entire saga and every movie that will ever be made. No one will ever be as light side as Shmi Skywalker. You like, have that I'm sorry, much that's just the fact. For Shmi? She's so she is selfless. She wants to instill goodness and hope in is what is otherwise a hopeless situation. She is a literal slave and she had a child in slavery, you know? I don't think she ever wanted that to bring a child into this horrible situation, you know, to to have a child born into bondage. But, you know, she does and she makes the most of it. She, you know, takes this life and grows it and gives him hope and goodness. And I'm sorry, there is nobody as good and selfless and amazing as Shmi Skywalker. The rest of y'all can just go lie down. Like series over, Shmi Skywalker wins. <laughs> wow. I did not so, know that. But So I yeah, so yeah. So I had to I had to for just my sanity, I had to be all like, okay, no laser sword you don't get on the list <laughs> See, okay all right yeah <laughs> i have um you want to yeah non laser sword on my list so it'll be uh, fun that's to fair. See you know, different... everybody that's exactly everybody's gonna gonna make this list their own way uh and that's totally fine like i said just for me personally i was just like i gotta draw the line somewhere and it's gonna be laser swords <laughs> But I, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, how your list shakes out, Brian. I bet I know you're excited for mine because I made you a promise uh, earlier this week. I was like, my list is going to rock your world, Brian. And you kept it <laughs> secret, so I have no idea who's on it. So, I like, did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> why don't uh, Why don't we go ahead and get started by talking about some of our feedback, our poll? That would be great. about. That would be great. So our poll was. Uh, what light side force power would you want to have? Like, uh, yes. <laughs> All of them, just like, that's my answer is yes. 
our uh, our options, however, were, were the Jedi mind trick, telekinesis, so you know, lifting rocks, <laughs> force visions, and telepathy, so you know, mind reading. And the the winning option with fifty three percent of the votes was telekinesis. Yay, lifting rocks. <laughs> so what we learned is our our listeners are really lazy and they just want to not have to get up <laughs> off the couch. <laughs> Is they want right? to be able to, yeah, that's exactly it. They want to be able to pull the remote towards them with. That's the, why I voted for it. I mean, force. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. To be real, I voted for telekinesis as well, but I did it for slightly different reasons. It's not because I'm lazy, but it's because, like, out of everything on this list, telekinesis is the only power I could use without going insane, like actually insane. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, if you had well, that Jedi mind trick, you would go down a dark path real quick. I absolutely would. Like, in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even think about it. Like, you know, Anakin. It took Anakin, like, you know, all of his life and so much prompting to, to fall to the dark side. And me, no. There's no tormented. Like, oh, should I? No. <laughs> Just dark side. Day one, dark side. <laughs> Yeah, like telepathy, the ability to read people's minds. Like, no, that would just fuel my anxiety. I would not be able to leave the house. And But then also being able to see the future and having mind control powers like that. No, like dark side. I would become like a power hungry monster bent on world domination. And, you know, good for you. If you think I'm already I, I, that I'm not already a power hungry monster. <laughs> you can't leave the house. Like, yeah, just good for you. Like. <laughs> i've seen you you have gone to like disneyland a couple times so you've left that left the house occasionally at least yes okay that's my exception i'll leave the house for disneyland but that's it if i'm not going to disneyland i'm not leaving like i'm not even gonna put on shoes quite honestly <laughs> oh my gosh let's see but uh our our listeners our dear listeners had some things to say about light side powers our good friend amy wishman at amy wishman on twitter said for Skyping with Ben Solo seems pretty cool. Agreed. <laughs> I agree, Amy. Uh, I think I think that's the goal, honestly, uh, would be to have uh, Ben Solo and Ray on my on my contacts list. I could just dial them up anytime. Hey, what you guys doing? Once again, you never chips. leave the house. Right? I would just never leave the house. <laughs> I'd just be like popping in on Ray. What you doing? Are uh, you eating chips? Those look tasty. <laughs> Remember that time when you were training to be a Jedi? Yeah, right. I would just follow her around. <laughs> Same with Ben Solo. Ben Solo would like pull out his lightsaber, try to cut me down, but it just goes through me like Luke Skywalker. Oh, sorry, not this time. <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh yes, definitely I will co-sign the force Skyping with Ben Solo as the ultimate Jedi power. Uh you know, I think I think that's um what everybody basically trains for at the Jedi Temple, all those pad ones, you know, all the younglings, Master Yoda sitting around. One day one day you'll be strong enough <laughs> to force Skype with Ben Solo. <laughs> All right, can we can we adopt the term <laughs> force time? You like that better, force time? I do because force Skype is so like it like the brand is so there in my face that it takes me out of it. I gotcha, I gotcha. Uh, force yeah. time is kind of similar because there's FaceTime and it's just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Apple actually gives us something that makes sense for one. <laughs> sure. 
for uh, for Brian's sanity, we'll go with Force Time instead of Force Skype. <laughs> Let's see an- another one of our listeners, uh, Kylo Ten, on Twitter says, "Well, my dream ability is Force Skype with Ben Solo." Thank you. Yes, yes, we agree. We have <laughs> we have a consensus. It's just that's what everybody wants. It's the goal. That's the dream. Spend solo on speed dial. Make it happen. <laughs> Somebody make that app. You're Honestly. Like, not now, Ben. Not I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> right? Yeah, somebody somebody make that app where all you have to do is hit a button on your phone and it's just all like shirtless Kylo Ren. Like, oh my god. I think I just came up with a million idea dollar idea there, Brian. <laughs> Honestly. It Call depends me Disney. on who you ask. Call me Disney. No, really. Are you kidding me? You know how many downloads that thing would get? Like the shirtless Kylo Ren app? Oh, my God. No. Well, the uh, high quality 1080p image got released this week. So, uh, uh, Right? And it's so good. It's already like my cell phone background and my desktop background. And I already wallpapered with it in the house. So, oh my God. <laughs> Wow. Uh, it's so good. It's beautiful. Well, the, there, see. there was another image that I like better that Ben was in, and that was uh, Ben mm-hmm. and Ray facing the Praetorian guards in oh, uh, the that throne one. room. That was so uh, beautiful. That's like, oh, that's the dream. I mean, I know I've been saying everything's the dream. That's because I feel like The Last Jedi is a dream. I'm like, I've just been in a waking walking around in a haze like you guys the last jedi is real this is i can't believe that's an actual star wars movie that i get to watch over and over again for the rest of my life i just uh, it, the whole thing's a dream uh but yeah oh our our last little bit of feedback here about uh force powers comes from uh our uh, on twitter jedi night radio all right a new person dialing in saying, Hey guys, this is Brell. If I could actually choose two separate powers, I would choose force vision and battle meditation. Visions help change the course of the future. Battle meditation helps change the course of battles. Okay. So, you know, cheating a little bit by picking two, but I'll forgive you. <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm feeling slightly light side in this moment. So I'll, I'll forgive it. What do you think, Brian, between uh, between these two, the, the visions and the battle meditation? What do you think? I think Force visions are something that, that would be very appealing to me be, to, because not only do you see the future, but then you have to interpret what it means. And that that's kind of my headspace. Yeah, uh, yeah, same. I'd rather see the future, though, again, it would just drive me crazy. And the thing about battle meditation is that, like, I'd have to be in battle, and that just sounds terrible. I don't – no, i got to put on shoes for that. Like, no, nah, pass. <laughs> shoes is the big hold back on that? <laughs> yeah, right? If i gotta, if I got to put on shoes, i got to think about it real hard. Like, is it worth it? Is this what I'm about to do? Is this worth putting on shoes? Like, leaving the house to go watch The Last Jedi. That's worth putting on shoes. Leaving the house to take out the garbage. Uh, 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 fine, I guess. There's oh. this wonderful thing called sandals. I, I highly recommend. <laughs> um, yeah, like they have sandals with straps in the back so you, they don't even fall off your feet. It, it's kind of wonderful. Some people call them Jesus shoes or whatever. <laughs> is that the greatest force power of all, a sandal? Is that what you're telling me, Brian? <laughs> Dude, I love sandals. I hate wearing shoes, so I wear sandals a lot. I would wear sandals in the winter if I could, if my feet didn't get wet. 
Okay. Um, well, that I might not want to be. That's another reason for me to not wear leave the house. It's people wearing sandals. <laughs> oh no! Do you hate oh, well. sandals? Anyway, anyway. Oh, uh, I maybe don't want to look at everybody's feet. Honestly, like. Well, yeah. we've got. I think. I think we've kind of lost focus here, Brian. This is this is a Star Wars podcast. This is. I think. Uh, I think it's time to dial it back. Refocus. Focus. You're the one that. Okay. I did this. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Blame it. It, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> blame it on me. <laughs> I, I'll. I'll allow it. I'll take the blame for this one. <laughs> um, oh, we did get one more piece of feedback. We got an email from uh, Darth Tano. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, but at the top of the email it says from Mike. I should have read that part. <laughs> so hi, Mike. Hi, so, Mike. What's up? Mike says, what's up, y'all? <laughs> I love to hear y'all talk about Ahsoka Tano. Do it. Does anybody think she's still kicking around the mortal plane or is she one with the force? Also, has anybody read her novel? Do you have thoughts? Do you think there's going to be a sequel? Also, thank you, and may the Force be with you. Thank you, Mike. That's very kind. Uh, I feel like we might have some thoughts about Ahsoka Tano later tonight. I have lots Uh, of thoughts. Lots of thoughts. Uh, Just a quick yes or no, Brian. Is she still alive? No, she's dead. No, she's dead? Okay. My my answer would be, again, hidden third option from a certain point of view. (laughs) Uh, also, quick, have you read her novel? I have not. I don't read yep. a lot of That's books. fair. That's I, fair. I read a lot of Twitter, and I read a lot of articles. <laughs> if, it's but, like, <laughs> if it's more than 280 characters, Brian's like, you ain't got time. You ain't got time for that. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. Um, I do try to follow novels and stuff, so I know a lot of stuff that happens in a Ahsoka yeah, novel. You- I feel that you want to know the beats. You want to know the what's the lore. What are the takeaways from from this novel? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have read it. I read it because Darth Maul showed up on like the third page, and then he's not <laughs> he's not in the rest of it like oh, at all. He's, that, a, he's in a paragraph. That must like, be the worst tease for you ever. It was the worst tease, like because it was in the preview. You know what I mean? Like you know how how freaking Amazon gives you like the first ten pages, sure. and I'm like, oh my gosh, Darth Maul! Bye. Oh, he's he's only in like three sentences. <laughs> okay, all right, that's fine. This is fine. It's fine. There, there's oh, a fine. theme here emerging that the way to <laughs> Katie's heart is Darth Maul. Yeah, right. No, I will read anything with Darth Maul in it, like even if he's only in one page out of two hundred pages. But but no, I did I did like it uh, for what it is, and I do enjoy Ahsoka. Um, but but again, like the the way to like make sure that I will buy your Star Wars product is to put Darth Maul in it, like somewhere, anywhere. <laughs> Mike, so, we will yes, definitely th- talk more about Ahsoka a little bit later. Exactly. Thank you so much for sending that in. Thank you to everybody for your feedback. We love it. We love hearing from you guys. And with that, I think, Brian, we're ready to move into our lists. Our light side users. Yeah. Why don't you why don't you get things started? Tell me your honorable mentions. Okay, my honorable mentions. Uh, The first one I want to talk about is Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know that a lot of people probably have him much, much higher on people's list, especially the younger generations. But um, 
for Obi-Wan Kenobi is an honorable mention to me specifically because of his relationship with Satine. I love that he is a contrast to Anakin um, in the Lawless episode where Anakin couldn't give up Padme. Obi-Wan gives up Satine and lets go of Satine, the one he loved, when Maul is threatening to kill her. Um, yeah, that's why that episode is my favorite episode of the Clone Wars. And I just, it, Obi-Wan shows so much character in that one episode that he, he's an honorable mention for me. Well, you are absolutely right to assume that he would be higher on on prequel fans lists. I'll just leave it at that and uh, and we can get back to Obi-Wan, honestly. Okay. Yeah, just just I don't put a pin in that. Spoil stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Just yeah, put a little pin in it. That's that's totally fine. I will say that Amy brought up a good point today that the reason why he's not higher on my list is he kind of my dad used the from a certain point of view thing on me all the time and like uh he didn't like it oh i hated yeah. it because it's just don't it's, tell me it's the such... truth don't lie to me and tell me that you're telling me the truth from a certain point of view like it's yeah yeah for me it was the whole i am i am altering the deal pray i don't alter it any further and this is like and then there's nothing you can do you know what i mean like Mm-hmm. They've changed. It's the moving goalposts. I hate that. Ugh, I hate it so much. So yeah, I feel that it's uh, it's not enough to to detract from the character for me. But again, we'll uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. What was your first honorable mention? Uh, my first honorable mention. No, give me give me the rest of yours. I want to hear all of them, and then uh, then oh, I'll give okay. you mine. All right. Yeah. My next one is the Bendu from Rebels. Oh, no I'm laser the sword one in though. The middle. Yes, no laser sword. <laughs> Unless he was hiding it somewhere. Do you think? Do you think he's got a laser sword? No, I, I totally don't. No? I, see, I think that the... Bendu, oh, you're crushing my dreams here, Brian. Because <laughs> he, um, he calls Kanan Jarrus a, a force wielder. Yeah. He, he kind of laughs off that title um, when Kanan says it back to him. He He's like, I think that the Bendu being someone in the middle might be a force producer or some okay. kind of huh. weird um like he emits the force somehow yeah like he's connected to like the mm. force planet kind of deal like oh he's definitely okay similar to like bombadil and um he's a combination between bombadil and um Treebeard in the lord of the rings trilogy okay. yeah sure <clears throat> So, like, I think that he's very connected to the nature and the force, the living force in that way. And That'd be cool. he actually gives a teaching that I think is really important right off the bat the first time we meet him, where Kanan's carrying the Sith holocron uh, that Ezra got from Maul or whatever. Uh-huh. And Kanan's all like, be careful, don't open it, it's dangerous. Meanwhile, the Bendu is like totally already opened the Sith holocron <laughs> and he's like he just opens it it's like it's no thing like he just opens yeah, it don't care exactly <laughs> but the Bendu says an object cannot make you good or evil the temptation of power forbidden knowledge even the desire to do good can lead someone down that path but you can only change yourself so he's saying that 
the Sith holocron in and of itself as an object can't seduce someone um, but those other things can uh, s- like the temptation of power forbidden knowledge even the desire to do good like th- like that nails what Anakin kind of was hoping to do when he was trying to save Padme yeah um, it can lead you down the path of darkness yeah no, that's cool. I'm glad the Bendu made your list. He's not anywhere on mine at all. I didn't even really think about him. Like, <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess because yeah, he is like a big water buffalo. I didn't really think. I thought about humanoid characters and, and laser swords, but uh, you know, maybe he does have a laser sword hidden somewhere, and maybe it's purple. That would be real cool. <laughs> My last honorable mention is the father of Mortis. Um, oh, the fact that he can like grab a lightsaber and put it back into the hilt like is kind of crazy um he did that to anakin's lightsaber when he was in his temple um yeah that was cool it's cool he's kind of like the one that balances the the son and the daughter and i really love the mortis trilogy of the clone wars that's cool yeah again like i'm glad this guy made your list because i didn't think about him I did think about the daughter just as like a light side yeah. avatar of the light, but I was like, oh, I don't know enough about her like as a character to put her on my list. So, no, I, I like that the the father made it. He uh, he is pretty cool. I I do also love Mortis. It's just so fun to talk about. But I feel like it's another discussion for another time. If we fall too far down the Mortis rabbit hole, we'll never emerge. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, but we got a lot of other really cool characters to talk about. So who's on uh, your honorable mentions? Well, I'm going to kick things off by saying Kanan. I got to throw a shout out to Kanan. Like he's a, he's a cool guy. Just yeah. not my jam personally. Yeah. Um, I do like what they did with him. Uh, you know, um, making him a blind Jedi. Uh, that was pretty cool. I, I did like kind of the journey it set him on. Um, Cause he was so, he looked at things one way for so long and then just kind of kicking that out from under him. Uh, and, and making him it, it forced him to open up his mind and I thought that was really really cool and it it was also important in Ezra's arc because Ezra trusting Maul is what led to Kanan being blinded so I, I guess uh, I guess the common theme you can you can see for me is like the more something ties into Maul the more I love it <laughs> yeah yeah and since uh, Kanan was was blinded by Maul, I'm just all like, "Ooh, you're cool now. You get to be on the list." <laughs> You've been touched by Maul. Yes, but Maul touched you with his hands and his lightsaber. <laughs> you're on the list now. <laughs> so, um, oh, I also think that distance from the Jedi made him a better Jedi, kind of like Obi Wan and Yoda. Um, you know, since he did survive Order 66, it allowed him to think about things um, outside of the Jedi influence and come to touch the light side of the Force in that way. So, so yeah, Kanan's pretty cool. Not not precisely my jam, not not my exact right cup of tea, but uh, but uh, I, I see where you're going there. So, yeah, shout out to Kanan. Uh, the second one on my list, and this hurts me so much, this hurts me. It, it cuts me real deep. Is Luke Skywalker? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it hurts me that he's not like he didn't break the top five, but he just he just didn't. 
It's just like, which is so wrong because I actually cried today over Luke Skywalker. I didn't even go watch the movie. I didn't go out to see The Last Jedi. Spontaneous <laughs> tears, huh? Just spontaneous thinking about Luke Skywalker and thinking about the binary him and the binary sun sunset just made me start crying. And I was like, no, my makeup's ruined. Ah. <laughs> just tears and tears about Luke Skywalker because he's so good and he's so important. He was our first hero of this saga and and watching him go from that farm boy to to a Jedi you know, that that powerful moment, that declaration of self where I am a Jedi, like my father before me. It's so powerful. And Luke is such a important character. You know, I, I really don't think we would have Star Wars if not for him. You know, it, it wouldn't be as big and as everlasting as it is if not for the journey of Luke Skywalker. So uh, he has to at least be an honorable mention. If he's not going to crack the f- top five, we got to have some Luke. I have thoughts. We'll, we'll you have thoughts? Put a pin in it. Put a pin in that one, too. Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi pinned. <laughs> uh, here's my honorable mention that's going to blow your mind. I, uh, I'm not even really sure if, if you're going to know who this guy is, but for me, Theron Sean. Ring, ring any bells at all? Who? Who? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Theron Sean would be higher on this list if he had a laser sword, but sadly, alas... No laser sword. <laughs> he didn't make the cut. Did not make the cut. But um, Theron Sean is the grandson of Revan. That rings some bells. Yes? Yes. Yeah, Revan. Old Republic. So Revan had a daughter with Bastila Shan. Uh, her name was Satil Shan. And then Satil, who was, you know, properly knighted and is a, is a Jedi, um, had a secret baby named Theron. Now, um, Theron was brought up by Satil's master in, in secret. Um, and, you know, being the grandson of Revan, everybody expected, well, everybody that knew about him uh, expected great things from him. And uh, Theron was raised as a Jedi until about age 12 or so when um, a trial out in the woods finally confirmed the sad, sad truth. And that is Theron is not force sensitive. And it took almost killing this young man for his master to finally accept it, that that he he can't lift rocks. You know, he can't do any of that. And it's so tragic and it makes her such a strong and interesting character, um, kind of not unlike Kylo, how, how he has all these expectations put on him based on who his grandfather is. Yeah. But he's just incapable of living up to these expectations. And uh, Theron had a really good quote. And it was, uh, he says, uh, imagine being told that the world is filled with light and one day you will open your eyes and you'll finally see. But then your eyes do open and it turns out you're blind. You've always been blind and you're never going to see anything. But, oh, Theron. <laughs> That's depressing. It's Yeah, it's rough. Theron has it rough and it's real sad. But he, he turns into a pretty cool guy anyway. Um, he, uh, 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 again, he was trained as a Jedi from from a young age, so I, I do feel confident in calling him a light side Jedi character. But I had to draw the line somewhere, and no laser sword there. And so sorry, you can't make the list. Yeah, but also, this is why we need midichlorians. I'm sorry, but if they had had midichlorian technology back then and been able to identify the potential for force sensitivity, 
just get him a midichlorian count. Like we could have avoided all of this. We could have known from Theron's infancy that he just doesn't have the capabilities for this and saved him a lot of pain. See, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I do. I totally disagree with that. Oh and yeah. Like, oh yeah. I don't think that there should be a test that identifies what your potential is. I think that people, regardless of how much of a gifting they have, they should always strive to be the best themselves that they can be. And even if you're given little, you can still achieve a lot if you, if you put your mind to it. Um, like, like but I, there are there are some people. I'm sorry, but that'd be like letting Petunia, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Lily uh, Petunia Evans, uh, Lily Lily Evans' sister, uh, Harry Potter's mother. Uh, Harry Potter's mother was a witch, and and her sister who had no magical abilities whatsoever, really wanted to go to Hogwarts. But it's like, I'm sorry, you can't go to Hogwarts because you don't have magic. Like, you can't, I'm sorry. Like, these, there's kids who will just never be able to lift rocks. So why, put the, why set them up to fail? Why put them in a school for lifting rocks? You know, like, why put a non-magical child in Hogwarts just to surround them with frustration and make them feel like they're going to fail? Because, I'm sorry, you just, you will demonstrably never be able to lift rocks like but i don't I know I, w I would argue that your Mway mm -hmm. has a stronger relationship with the force than some of the jedi do okay um, he may not have all the midichlorians to have quote-unquote force powers to open doors or to do the telekinesis or to do the jedi mind trick but he still devotes himself to the religion of the jedi and yeah he he's a good person because of it. Well, like, yeah. Well, nobody's I, saying he's not a good person. We're just saying maybe don't put Shira in the school of lifting rocks. Like that's what the Jedi Academy is. And that's what the midichlorians are for is for like, who are we going to train to lift rocks? Okay. These kids, because they have a high midichlorian count, like, and nobody's saying that Shira can't study the force. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying he's never going to be able to lift rocks. But that's like saying 99s is just a bad batch. He's someone that, he's never given an opportunity to mm -hmm. to contribute uh as a clone like because he didn't pass the test like i guess and i don't I'm, know i'm not I just... trying to like mm -hmm. fight this hard with you and give you a hard time but oh sure yeah I, I just think that i would i don't think a test necessarily should make should write people off and um I, I hope that everyone has a chance to prove as as best as they can what they achieve what they can. I guess, yeah. I guess maybe my point more with Theron is that, like, if everybody expected him to be, again, in Harry Potter terms, like this great wizard, but he is physically incapable of casting magic spells. Yeah. And to put him in that situation for the first decade and a half of his life where you're just all like, wow, you're worthless because you can't cast magic. Like that, that's rough. And it's that really sucks. Kind you know? of setting him up to fail. And that's not a good place for people to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, that wraps up my honorable mentions, uh, throwing in a curveball there with, uh, Theron Sean, <laughs> definitely a, good... a cool guy. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like the similarities to Kylo Ren, especially with the mm -hmm. expectations. That's cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. 
Should I start with my number five? Absolutely. Give me your number five. Okay, this is going to be a big, big shocker, but it's Chiru Amway. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that leads into that. That connects well. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. Wait, no laser sword. Hang on. No I, laser sword. I know. <laughs> I, I know. I I love Chiru and like when they announced Rogue One, they said that it would be a movie without Jedi and without the Force. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very skeptical of this because the Force kind of defines Star Wars for me because it's what sets it apart from other like sci-fi space operas. Um, because nothing, no other movie has like the mythology and storytelling surrounded by the Force. So I was really hoping that we would get some some nuggets of the Force in Rogue One, and we totally did. With um, oh, yeah. Chiru mm-hmm. and Bays and the Guardians of the Wills, um, the introduction of the uh, of Jetta, um, yeah, and like Chiru brings back the old saying of "I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me." Like, or may the Force of others be with you. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... That was. That was what it was in, like, the original draft of Star Wars, right? Instead yeah. of saying, may the Force be with you, they would say, may the Force of others be with you. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was so cool. It's such a good reference. I love it. He also has a couple other great quotes where he says he fears nothing. You know how fear leads the path of the dark side? Dark mm-hmm. side. Um, all is as the Force wills it. Um, oh, my gosh. That, that just opens up a whole can of worms right there. Yeah. <laughs> if if everything is as the force wills it, like having faith that what the force wants to happen is going to happen, um, that kind of really shakes things up. Yeah. Um, and the I last. Think... Okay, go ahead. Sure. Well, I'm thinking it's it puts Chirrut in in a calm mindset where he he's like, well, I'm going to walk out here to this master switch. And if I'm meant to be shot and die, if that's what the force wills, <clears throat> sorry, then, then that's just as the force wills it. Like he puts his, his trust in the force that something is going to come out of his death. If that's, if that's what's meant to happen, because it's not dishonorable to die. You know, it happens to all of us. And so he's just okay with whatever happens, happens because the force the force knows the beginning and end of all things and it knows where he's meant to go and what he's meant to do. So I, I think, yeah, it just makes him really calm. And when you say like it opens up a can of worms because it's like, well, did the force intend for Alderaan to get blown up? Maybe. And maybe, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, uh, I don't know. Have you read Chir- uh, uh, the young adult book for, uh, with Bays and Chirrut? I don't remember. Oh, it was just called Guardians of the Wills, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and it was just all like, you know, all, all these people are dead. And Chirrut just says, well, then they have, they're at peace. They have nothing to worry about, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's really sad to think about all those people in Alderaan dying, but they're at peace. They're one with the Force, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the, yeah. at the point that he says that, they aren't suffering anymore, you know? Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. Yep. And I think the Chirrut also has, like, wisdom and can see things that are not visible. Um, he sees in uh, Cassian that he asks, 
he says not all prisons have bars. I feel like you take yours with you wherever you go, meaning that Cassian has a prison of guilt in the things that he's done with uh, the Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has incredible insight. He really does. With, uh, you know, he can't see it all, but he sees everything. <laughs> so, like, he's a pretty cool character, even though he doesn't have a lightsaber. I, I really, really like Chirrut. Yeah. No, good pick. Good pick. Chirrut's definitely a cool guy. Cool. Who's your number five? I'm going to go with Ahsoka Tano. Woohoo! But also, why is she so low on my list? This is a travesty. <laughs> uh I'm so ashamed that she's so low on my list. She's number five. You should be so like ashamed. That's terrible. Uh, I am ashamed. I am. I, I'm not. I'm not fit to lick a Sokatano's boots. Like, let alone put her so low on my list. Like, uh. where? Uh, okay, but honestly, honestly, Ahsoka just she steals my heart. I love her so much. I it, just watching her entire journey from this young person to this like incredibly mature and amazing self-assured young woman just oh my heart bursts because she has a a self a proclamation of self not unlike luke skywalker when he says i am a jedi hers is i am no jedi yeah because at that point in her arc um she has realized that the jedi code is not as important as what she knows is right if the code tells her to do something that she knows inside is wrong, then then you shouldn't listen to that code. Like, no, what what you know is right inside. Following that is never going to create conflict within you. Doing following your hopes and following what you know is right inside, it it keeps everything in balance. You know, because because you're always staying true to yourself, and so. For her to make that statement and to say, no, I, I am no Jedi, is just so powerful to me. <laughs> Did you pick I up on the it. similarity that that mm-hmm. was uh, very close to what is said in Re- excuse me, Return of the King? Uh, remind me. Uh, oh, I am no man? I, I am no man, yes. <laughs> right, yes, absolutely. No man can kill me. I am no man. Like, oh, the witch king <laughs> of the ring wraiths uh, is legendarily not able to be killed by a man, mm-hmm. and instead he's killed by a hobbit and a lady. Uh, yep, exactly. <laughs> no, that is powerful, and and yeah, for in the context of Ahsoka, Vader um, is saying that her master is gone, and she says, uh, "Then I will avenge his death." Well revenge is not the Jedi way. And she just looks and says, I am no Jedi. Like, ah, that's so good. And I also believe that she's, that she's dead. I think she was killed in Vader's in, in the fight with Vader, but I think she has ascended and become something more. I think she is true to her last words. Um, she looks at Vader realizes that he is indeed Anakin Skywalker um, she sees him beneath the mask and she says, I won't leave you, not this time. Right. And so I think that whatever is left of Ahsoka, what what has ascended from her mortal body is going to stay with Anakin, is going to refuse to leave him. And then ultimately, that is going to be why Anakin can become a force ghost at the end. I think, you know, we all ask ourselves, 
Why how, does, how? Yeah, why does Anakin get to be a Force ghost? And I think it's because of Ahsoka Tano. Well, I think that's my firm, firm head cannon. Dave Filoni is a pretty smart dude, and he's very intentional about what he does. He made a shirt for her universe when the Twilight of the Apprentice was coming out. That was, <laughs> it was Vader, um, Vader's mask, but he, it had the markings of Ahsoka Tano in it. And I I do believe that Ahsoka is leaving her mark on Vader in The Twilight of the Apprentice. Um, and that mark will have repercussions later on in the yeah. saga. So I, I agree with what you're saying, that Ahsoka does find a way to help Anakin uh, f- discover the, the truth of or, and how to become a Force ghost. If if only we had a smooth transition to talk about my number four, that would be very helpful. Uh, what's your number four? Oh, it's Ahsoka Tano. Oh, this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? Wait, huh? <laughs> okay, yeah. T- hit me with your Ahsoka feels, Brian. I need more Ahsoka. I need. I need. I feel like we need to praise her even more and more so that she'll forgive me for putting her so low on my list. <laughs> well, I do have to say, at least she's higher on my list than she was on yours. Oh uh, no! Yeah, true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I do believe that she's dead. I think that Vader killed her, but I do believe that Ahsoka will return as Ahsoka the White, as I like to call her, uh, mirroring what happens to Gandalf in. The more more Lord of the Ring with uh, <laughs> more. the Balrog, yeah. Yep. Filoni looked. He's kind of like George Lucas. He does look at other movies to get inspiration into um, in his storytelling. So Lord of the Rings is definitely one of his influences, and I I feel like Ahsoka Tano is similar to Gandalf in the Fellowship of the Ring when he fights the Balrog. So, like, he he fights the Balrog, and then he falls into a pit, and everyone thinks that he's dead. But he falls down, and he continues to fight the Balrog till he defeats him. But the fight is so taxing that it ends up killing Gandalf, which is why I say Ahsoka's dead. But he comes back as Gandalf the White in The Two Towers. Um... So he transforms from Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White. So there, there's kind of a transition, and that's why I call Ahsoka Ahsoka the White. Um, I think that she's going to reach a higher level of force uh, wielding with her with her new discovery. As she, when she goes deeper into the Sith Temple, she's going to learn more about the Force. She's going to discover a broader spectrum of what it, the Force is, and I think that that will change who she is and what she becomes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, I absolutely do because I am 100% on board with that theory. That's that's how I felt about Ahsoka at the end of Twilight of the Apprentice. Um, and then just the more Dave Filoni talks about it, the more he confirmed it in my mind. I guess maybe I have a bit of a confirmation bias, but uh, something he said really struck with me. He was talking about how um, uh, Malachor... Uh, this planet, uh, you know, you, you have the surface, but then you crack the surface and you fall into it, and, and inside is the realm of the dead. 
Uh, and of course, Maul is lurking down there. Maul, for all intents and purposes, has been removed from the story. He's dead. But then Ezra's hope and youth and promise is what lifts him up out of it. And we see a very intentional shot of Maul walking up the stairs, guided by Ezra and, and Ezra's light. Um, and and the, the doorway is shaped like a triangle. Uh, so Maul is being lifted up out of the world of the dead. But then at the very end of the episode, going down that same staircase into the shape of, of you know, the triangle um, it is Ahsoka and she's descending into it. So I think that was him telling us that she's descending into the world of the dead. Um, and that uh, I, I, I feel like she'll come back out of it the same way Maul did. But as something new, as something she was always meant to be, a creature of, of light. Yeah. So, so yeah, I totally – soak of the white. <laughs> definitely. Before we move on, mm-hmm. the reason why Ahsoka is on my list mm-hmm. is different than any of my other um, characters. I think that we have to really give Ashley Eckstein some love. Um because she's done stuff for fandom that I don't think anyone could kind of measure, basically. Um, when she started with Ahsoka, Ahsoka was hated um, because <laughs> she was a girl Jedi the apprentice of Anakin and that we had no idea why Anakin ever had an apprentice and why he had a girl. Like... Yeah. She felt she came against so much misogyny, basically, and she had this terrible thing where she said Sky Guy in R2E. Yeah, that was unfortunate, give, honestly. <laughs> she didn't give Anakin any respect, basically, but they quickly changed that, and she started calling him Master, and it got better. But um, when Ashley came in, she came into a lot of terrible reactions because she was not loved at the beginning. She was quite hated and she heard it. She also came into a, a, basically a boys club where it was girls weren't welcomed a lot. Um, and what did she do? But she, she saw girls in fandom that wanted to be able to wear clothes that they liked of things that they liked. So she created a clothing line in her universe. Um, And I can only imagine the red tape that it takes to get the licensing and to get the production um, permissions to create that thing. But she basically created a whole new industry to really cater to fangirls um, because they weren't getting love. They weren't getting served by uh, an all boys club and it's just kind of it was she's really amazing and then she hears stories of girls getting bullied and like so what does she do she creates the fangirl of the day um, where girls are just celebrated for loving the things that they love and being honored and not put down and <laughs> yeah Ashley is just kind of amazing and yeah she really is exactly she creates a more open loving and accepting community because that's what Star Wars should be 
um, our fandom should be for everybody and everyone should feel welcome to, to celebrate this thing that has meant so much to so many people. Um, I mean, of course, Star Wars touches all of us, um, you know, every, everybody listening. Uh, Star Wars has touched you in a very real way, like so much that you want to go out and listen to discussion about it outside of the context of the movie. Like, and, and to be told that, well, this doesn't belong to you and you don't belong in this fandom because you're not a certain kind of person. You don't fit the mold of a standard fan then that that's very hurtful and you're right um ashley is just absolutely amazing for for trying to be a pioneer in in making this community more welcoming and and it really has just been absolutely wonderful i do appreciate it it's so silly but i i so appreciate her clothing line like you might think what's the big deal about having star wars clothes tailored for for women and as someone who grew up wearing shirts for boys you know um, just so many, so many t- uh, uh, t-shirts from from the boys' side of the store. Uh, it just, it's not as fun, and it's not as comfortable, and it's not as it's not as for me as something from her universe. And, and you're you're right, Ashley deserves all the love and all the credit in the world for that. I mean, she continues to listen to the customers and. She basically created it so that they had plus sizes for girls that aren't um, mm-hmm. smaller, uh, mm-hmm. so they don't feel guilty that they don't can't fit into clothes. Like I just and then she created a hashtag of Year of the Fangirl in 2013 Aww. when Katniss was coming out, and it just kind of started a whole movement in Star Wars fandom that brought women to the forefront uh Mm -hmm. fangirls growing rogue kicked off i believe that year and so um now we have so many more star wars podcasts that are just all female led Mm -hmm. and and so much has changed and i mean we've had several movies now where we have female leads um yeah and it's just i i feel like they we've made a lot of progress, but uh, there's still more to be made. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's important to, to recognize what can be done in the future. What there's always room to improve, but it's also important to recognize just how far we've come and the improvements that we have made. So I absolutely agree. I really do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ashley is why I put us up on. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. And it, it's really good to, to give her credit and to just take a moment and appreciate someone who's given us so much. So, yeah, I agree. You want me to go ahead yeah. and do my number four? I think I'm up. Please. Okay. Number four is Ezra Bridger. Oh, uh, you did not. Okay. I did. I did. I'm sorry. I don't even, I don't know how this happened. How is he even on this list? You have he was... Blueberry over Luke Skywalker. Oh, oh, I do. I'm sorry. I just, I feel so bad again. Like this whole list is just guilt. Just, I have so much guilt. Why am I like this? I don't, <laughs> I, 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 two, three years ago, I could not have told you that Ezra would be so high on this list because honestly, he was so annoying. I did not I did not appreciate Ezra. I mean, it's not like I hated him. I was just like, okay, he's not for me. He's for the kids, you know? 
but again, Darth Maul touched him with his hands. <laughs> the closer, yeah, the closer something gets to Maul, the 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 more I basically Darth Maul went. You know what? This kid's pretty cool. And I went, ah, dang it, you're right. This kid is pretty cool. Not only did he touch him, he shared a vision with Darth Maul. Oh, right? Like, they touched minds. What? Like, Ezra, Ezra Bridger Ezra Bridger lived the dream. He went swimming inside of Darth Maul's mind. Like, that, ah, oh, I wish that was me. Like, <laughs> he got to go on, like, multiple field trips with Darth Maul. Like, ah. I just, um... Yeah, I, I was, I, I was, I guess like a jaded old kind of fan because I was like, oh, his lightsaber's a blaster. Uh, no, oh. that's, so wrong. <laughs> that's so wrong. But again, I was like, I, I was really, really careful not to like lose myself to my anger because I was like, you know what? I bet the kids think that's pretty cool. So just let the kids have their blueberry Aladdin Jedi. That's fine. But the more they've evolved Ezra's character, um, the just the more I've really, really come around to him. His um, uh, seduction towards the dark side is the most relatable to me, honestly. Like out, out of all these, you know, good characters, you know, Luke that that are tempted towards the dark side, Ezra's I think has been the most believable to me. Like I really see why he would be tempted and you know why he would go inside that holocron and why he would start uh you know kind of using Sith powers and and stuff like that Sith knowledge to make himself stronger to save his friends. I I feel like it's it's the last 2 minutes of 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 like Luke Skywalker going off on Vader but stretched out over two seasons. You know what I mean? Like really examined. I I don't know. I was just so fascinated with Ezra almost falling to the dark side, or, or and just being confused and and not really knowing what to do or how to move forward, and just being consumed by anger and guilt over what happened to Kanan. And then just that shot at the beginning of season three where um, Ezra is his ship is crashing and he's just falling, plummeting into darkness, and then the the doors open to the ship that's about to save him. And there's Kanan just bathed in light, reaching for him to pull him back up into the light. Like that really spoke to me and just really got me on the Ezra fan train. I, uh, I enjoy, I enjoy Ezra. I enjoy his arc. Can't wait to see where it goes. I, I don't know. I'm a jaded old man. <laughs> no. <laughs> <sighs> Street rat still kind of bogs bothers me, but well, but that's kind of the thing is that he's come so far. He uh, started so low and was so like, yeah, kind of. I was like, no, this is kind of stupid. It's not really my thing. But he's just he's matured so much. I just want to see where he goes. Um, that's fair. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm worried about. I'm not the only one, but I'm worried about what happens with Kanan and Ezra in the finale of Rebels. I agree. I, I think they got to be real, real careful. I also think Dave Filoni be real, real smart. And and I don't think he would give us something that that would break Star Wars, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, I don't think he would either. Um, yeah. I, I don't think Ezra has to die. Um, mm -hmm. but he has to have some kind of resolution that makes sense and fits into the rest of the lore uh, and fits into the rest of his story. Um, 
it's it's that is a tall tall order it's basically i think when dave filoni started this series he basically set out to climb everest and that's not easily done and yeah to have ezra's story resolve um uh, satisfactorily and and yet not break a new hope you know he can't bring us to a point where Luke isn't our, our, our last hope. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I see Ezra finishing mm-hmm. his story either with um, Sabine on Mandalore, like somehow like helping her mm-hmm. deal with Mandalore during the original trilogy, or I see him joining Saul's, um, uh, what are they called? Maybe he's got to lose his laser sword, though. I I don't like the, the idea that you know Ezra could join the fight again and pull out a laser sword and be Luke Skywalker at any point during the OT. Right. You know, so if he does just kind of fade into obscurity to to fight the good fight on the on the outskirts of the war or of the rebellion, he's got to lose his laser sword. I don't like. I would I, love it if he's yeah. the black biker scout in mm-hmm. um Saul's gang on Jedha. Mm-hmm. Um like that would be a, a fitting end to Ezra to me. Uh I think Kanan on the other hand, he's gotta go. Yeah, Kanan's gotta go. I'm sorry, Kanan. <laughs> sorry, Kanan. <laughs> I really do feel bad. I don't know. What do you think about Ezra being um I'm gonna be this dead horse. I'm so sorry, I apologize. What do you think about him being um DJ? Because they never actually say DJ's name in the movie. He doesn't <laughs> stutter. He, you can develop that over time. If, you know, especially if he's got some pretty bad, like, PTSD and stuff, you know? He, I don't know. I'm, saying, I'm just saying it could. I, I, don't, I don't know. That, oh. that would be very sad because DJ basically has mm-hmm. no heart left. Um, he kind of really just he's all about himself but he doesn't think that anyone is worth fighting I don't know for. he's he's getting his own comic though so I don't know I am fascinated with this idea of Ezra really hitting rock bottom and being DJ and and D- being with Finn and Rose kind of reignites his spark just a little bit, but he's not quite ready to join the fray again. And so when Finn says to him, you're making a mistake, DJ says, maybe, maybe. Yeah. He just, he, he can admit that. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably making the wrong choice here, but you know, he's just got to, I don't know. I am fascinated with the idea of Ezra falling so, so low, but then, then that would, in my mind, it would have to resolve in him, like like Luke Skywalker coming back up out of it eventually, yeah. and you know being better than what he currently is. But I mean, Ezra is so he's so good, and and I feel like he's on such a clear path now that I don't think he'll end up being DJ. But I just I can't quite let it go. I'm so sorry. I know it, it's thoroughly debunked by this point, but I just can't quite let go of that one i'm so sorry dj will be a cool character and he's got he's got some depth to him that we still have yet to discover Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah but as soon as they give me like a real name for dj or a uh a a, an ending for ezra i i will finally let go of the dj is ezra you know theory but for now for now i'm like i'm clinging to that last like one (laughs) percent chance that he could be 
could be DJ. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's start with my top three. Top three! Do it! <laughs> uh, let's get back to Luke Skywalker. Oh, Luke! Yeah, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, thank goodness he's on your list, because he wasn't on mine. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always saw myself as Luke Skywalker, so I never... That means that he didn't hold a very special place in my heart most of the time, because yeah. I never thought that I was special. Yeah. Um. So the thing that I like Luke about most is him laying down the lightsaber in Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. where he says, "You failed, Your Highness. I am a Jedi like my father before me." Where he st- gives up fighting. Darth Vader in the attack posture and just takes on a pacifist role Um, because a lot of people want to say that they prove how strong they are by fighting but sometimes not fighting takes more strength than fighting Um, and that, that was kind of beautiful to see in Return of the Jedi I also really love I love 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 The Last Jedi and the fact that Luke Skywalker is so flawed um, and he has so many failures because I don't know about everyone else's life but I know that my life has a lot of failures where I don't achieve what I want to achieve and I don't always have the most calm demeanor like there are times because of things I have a temper at times and it's not pretty thing and it doesn't help communication and there are consequences for having a temper and having anger um and i live those out but i i hope to find more peace you know what i mean yeah exactly um yeah i'm so glad luke's on your list because he just he gives and he gives and he gives (laughs) he's just so good i i love him so much (laughs) oh luke and um just uh the the binary sunset from the last jedi it it gets me it gets me so hard because it it makes me think about how connected we all are kind of that that message that point of star wars about how we're we're all bound by the force you know um as obi-wan would say it we, we form a symbiont circle what happens to one will affect the other that that that's all all of life in Star Wars and, and in our world too. And and it's the force that binds us all together. Um, and so in in A New Hope, when Luke looks out at that binary sunset, he he's looking, you know, to, to what he wants and what he just, he feels like he'll never achieve. He'll never get there. Everything is beyond the horizon and out of reach. But then I feel like in that last moment for Luke Skywalker, um, sitting on that that stone, that peak where he is able to reach everyone, you know, he's he's able to from from light years away reach Leia and and touch her and, and kiss her goodbye, all that stuff. He he's there. He made it to that point beyond the horizon. Everything, nothing's out of reach because everything is connected through the Force, and it's that wholeness and that that sense of completeness. As Ray says, um, that sense of peace and purpose, that's what allows Luke to become one with the Force because 
he he is so connected to everybody like it, and it just and it makes me cry and cry and cry and cry because I love Luke so much I, I love the culmination of his journey in that way yeah it's, it's pretty awesome mm-hmm. yeah yeah I just I'm sorry excuse me while I cry more about Luke <laughs> oh was there anything else you wanted to say about Luke or should I go to my number three you're good to go I'm good to go. All right, awesome. I'm glad your number three was Luke because mine is Obi Wan Kenobi. Obi Wan <laughs> <I'm> Kenobi. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> he's just what a gift Obi Wan is. He re- he's just a walking meme, like, and he's so happy all the time. <laughs> it's just like he's such a liar. He's best friends. He's such well, yeah, but you know, from a certain point of view, like. <laughs> I love that his best friend is like this diner greasy looking alien guy, like just like, hey, old buddy, and just like he doesn't. Obi Wan doesn't hesitate to just jump up and give Dex like the biggest hug. And how many times has Dex's like, pants dropped when he gets those hugs? I mean, right. <laughs> but Obi Wan don't care. Obi Wan. Uh, Obi Wan knows by this point that you know Luke's looks will deceive you. As a you know, big don't guy, trust your when eyes. You stand up. You, yeah. Sometimes you get a little plumber. Uh. I mean, you know. <laughs> exactly. Like you know, don't trust your eyes. They'll deceive <laughs> you. And you know, Dex just looks. Dex just looks like you know some gross diner guy that doesn't shave. Like you know, but he's full of wisdom. And and Obi Wan goes into this unexpected place and finds wisdom. And I just I love that so much. I love I love everything that Obi Wan is. I will not defend the fact that he kind of writes off Leia and calls Luke our only hope. Yeah. He's, yeah, that's, nah. Obi-Wan, you know better than that. Don't, just don't. But I just, I loved watching his journey from episode one through episode six, really. Yeah, he shows up in all the movies. Um, just basically watching him become Qui-Gon Jinn. That's his journey. His whole arc is starting off as this young man and who ultimately becomes and surpasses his master. And, and what? that means, yeah, I feel like I feel, well, uh, because Obi-Wan is able to achieve what his master is not. He's able to become a force ghost. Okay. You know, he's able to make that connection. I mean, Qui-Gon started that journey for him and he started that journey for all the Jedi, but uh, we are what they grow be- uh, grow beyond, right? We are. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That that was Yoda's wisdom and and I do believe Obi-Wan did eventually grow beyond Qui-Gon Jinn. It took a lot for him to even get to that point, like to even equal Qui-Gon Jinn. Right. But I think he ultimately did surpass him because he learned to become a Force ghost. One, so, one, but Qui-Gon one, would be cool with that. Uh-huh. One might argue that Qui-Gon's journey was cut short by someone Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Why not? <laughs> he took it. He just took a little lightsaber to the chest. That's all. Like, uh, but um, uh, yeah. I just I delight so much in Obi Wan, and I it, it it hurts me how much he smiles and smiles and smiles because Obi Wan does have a lot of doubt and a lot of pain. Uh, he he wasn't ready to take on Anakin as an apprentice. Um, but, but he just does his best anyway. And it really breaks my heart when in revenge of the Sith, he finally does crack and shows all of his pain and, and shouts, you know, you were the chosen one, like all, 
all of that anger and grief just comes pouring out of him in a way that that he really couldn't before um because again the the jedi had such problems with even admitting that you have anger or that you have uh, grief um and and obi-wan was better at compartmentalizing all of those negative feelings than than anakin was anakin was just a raw nerve all the time but that doesn't mean that obi-wan didn't have it and it doesn't mean that he was necessarily set up with the tools to process these motions uh correctly and so, yeah, just that moment where all of his pain comes spilling out of him, uh, that, that really reaches me. And I just love Obi-Wan so much. He's, uh, I get why everybody wants his movie. Like, who doesn't, who doesn't want to hang out with Uncle Obi-Wan for an hour and a half? Come on. <laughs> He's a very popular character. I mean, he did beat uh, Yoda and Vader in the third year of march madness for starwars.com when they did oh yep well he's just he's so likable everybody everybody likes the joker character and that's you know that's who obi-wan is he he's cracking jokes left and right he's uh you know it's like oh you were right about one thing master the negotiations were short like you know (laughs) he's the funny guy and just he's so he's yeah he's so likable. There's what's that to like about Obi Wan besides the from a certain point of view thing? Okay, don't don't. <laughs> the man who was once your, my apprentice betrayed and murdered your father. I mean, uh, to be fair though, was Luke really ready to hear? Hey, not only was your dad not a spice runner like your uncle says, but he's actually the most hated man in the galaxy. Was Luke really ready to hear that at no. that point in his journey? Like, no, not really. And I don't think Obi-Wan intended to die before telling Luke the truth. I think he was just starting that lesson and he there was supposed to be a part two. Yeah. You know, I, I okay. feel that. I don't think it was Obi-Wan's intent for Luke to go into that fight and, and have Vader make that reveal. I don't. I, I, and I also don't feel like Obi Wan intended to hide the truth from Luke forever. I just, I feel like that was lesson one. Sure. You know, baby steps, baby steps. Baby I just, steps. I gotta believe the best of Obi Wan. And then again, like, the closer you are to Maul, the more I love you. And Obi Wan is tied pretty, pretty firmly to Maul's story. <laughs> and his death. And his death. Well, that's the thing. If you talk about Darth Maul, you talk about Obi-Wan. Like, it's just unavoidable. If you talk about Obi-Wan, you don't necessarily talk about Maul. Like, Obi-Wan's got his own life, but uh, Maul doesn't. Like, it's all it's all tied up in Obi-Wan. So, so yes. Obi-Wan, number three on my list. What's your number two? Well, you know, the guy that Obi-Wan wants to be like is my number two. Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, there you go. There you go. I, after our discussion with Qui-Gon, like he's definitely kind of climbing the list uh, of my favorite characters. I love the fact that he's so in tune with the living force and that your focus determines your reality. Um, I love that he has the boldness and courage to step outside the box and do things his own way. Uh, I those are characteristics I feel like I have and I admire. Um, I, I like the fact that he thinks for himself and isn't just someone that follows orders. Um, I really, really like Qui-Gon a lot. Yeah, I, um, 
I've said this before, I'll likely say it again, but I'll never forget what it was like to watch The Phantom Menace for the first time. And that moment when, um, during Duel of the Fates, when the, the blast doors come down, the, the laser doors, yeah. I don't remember what they're called. The ray shields, that's what they are, ray shields. Um, because I, I didn't know that you could just stop a fight like that. Like, they're, they're going at each other with such intensity. Who I got unmauled, and Obi-Wan's running to catch him, and it's just like, go, 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 go. And then, boom, everything stops, and, like, my breath hitches in my throat. And in that moment, Qui-Gon Jinn turns off his lightsaber and, and kneels down, and Maul just paces. And, and, you know, you can see all that fire, all that intensity inside of Maul, that sense, you know, let me at him, let me at him. And in Maul, I saw something true about who I was, you know, all that, all that anger, all that being keyed up all the time, just being a, a raw nerve. I saw something very true about who I was, but then I saw Qui-Gon Jinn and how calm and at peace he was, and I saw what I wanted to be. So I, I, feel, I feel what you're saying about Qui-Gon is, is goals, honestly. <laughs> Hashtag squad goals. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I said this on Twitter, where I was like, you know, as a kid, when I, when I played Star Wars, I was either, when I wasn't playing Darth Maul or I wasn't pretending to be Qui-Gon, I was pretending to be Padme, who, who wields uh, Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber and the recovered half of Darth Maul's lightsaber <laughs> at the same time. That's my squad goal. I just want to be Padme with Darth Maul and Qui-Gon. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dreams do come true sometimes. Sometimes, yes. Just got to keep dreaming. Who is your number two? Speaking of dreams coming true... My number two is Ray. 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 I'm so grateful that you have Ray on the list. Of course I do. How could she not be on the list? She's Ray. Uh, she's everything. Oh my gosh, just hooray for Ray. She's she's so wonderful and just filled with light, and she's sincere, and she's everything. That that's the only way I can describe Ray. She's everything. Uh, tell me, uh, yeah, what are your Ray feels? She hasn't done anything yet. Like, ah, boo, (laughs) boo. I'm not disparaging your love for Ray. Like there are things to love about Ray and I really, really, really like her, but I'm not sure she's done anything yet. I mean, she pulled the Skywalker saber to her. Like, the Skywalker saber chose her over Kylo. It was so cool. But that could be the Force just saying that there's something about her that will happen, that will be significant later. Like, oh, I, I don't know. She reawakened Luke to the Force. Yes. Like, if she hadn't come to that island, he wouldn't have had his, his reawakening. Yes. Like, I don't know. She, She's so cool, and I, I don't... I feel like everything she's done so far, like how firmly she believes in goodness, that's something, you know, she, she believed for so long that her parents were going to come back for her because she believes in goodness. And then of course she believed in Kylo and, you know, went to rescue him from the first order. Like, and she believed that Luke Skywalker would, you know, would be her hero and her teacher. Like she just has that inherent belief in goodness. And I think that's enough sometimes you know to to be a hero 
I think that she will be very heroic and like she does have some fantastic moments like in the Forces of Destiny episodes when she empathizes with the Night Watcher worm um Night Nightcrawler worm I always get that stupid name wrong I'm sorry I I I really admire Ray and I I think that she has the potential to be just amazing but she has she has flown the Millennium Falcon. Yes. She has had several force visions. She kicked Kylo Ren's butt. She rescued herself from Star Killer base. Yes. Um she oh. flew the Falcon again and has, you know, done the guns on the Falcon. She Come on, she's done so much. She went and had, uh, you know, Jedi training with Luke Skywalker. She, it was she's amazing. Climbed, it was she's just... climbed mountains. She's uh, she's just takes kicks all the butt and takes all the names, and she's Ray. She's Ray. But she's like Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back. Like Luke is wasn't as he hasn't had his big moment of what he's given contributed to the force yet at that point you don't you don't think blowing up the death star was uh, uh yeah i, I guess that I, is yeah. <laughs> all right all right but i don't know i just i, I love ray and i i want her to be amazing i think she will be amazing i'm not I disparaging think... that at all i just i i don't think that she's had that gigantic moment yet for me i'm hoping that she will have it in nine i feel like the the whole throne room scene just like staring down snoke and being like you underestimate me that's like that's so powerful and so heroic that she could face down somebody that evil and twisted and just be like not having any of his shenanigans like that that's so good also yeah she's gonna just talking about her potential she's gonna be a brand new amazing jedi like you know there's no council overseeing her training there's there's no one telling her what a jedi needs to be Mm -hmm. it's just her forging the way forward and i think that's so amazing just yes ray (laughs) and i hope ray you be your own kind of jedi do it i hope she Mm -hmm. does uh, blaze new territory um in creating a new jedi order without the same dogma that was restrictive that the old <laughs> Jedi Order had like I I do have high 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 enormous hopes for Rey and uh, she's had some wonderful moments the throne room was amazing but she could have confronted Snoke out of pure blindness of not knowing better do you know what I mean like oh I think she knows like you know, he smacked her around with that, uh, you know, he, he went into her mind. He, you know, he's like just so obviously powerful and, you know, is just using force pull and stuff and jerking her around like nobody's business. And yeah. yet she still stands defiant. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't really come here to defend Ray. I just came here to praise her because she's the best. Like, <laughs> I don't mean to put her on trial. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all right. It's just, uh, just yeah, Ray, Ray, that's... She's my girl. She's my girl. I I so almost put her at number one, but there was somebody that that uh, won out. But first, I want to hear your number one. Oh come on! 
Mm-hmm. My, my, my number one isn't very interesting. Well, not. Oh. It's, it's interesting, but it's the I'm obvious. Gonna, I'm going to guess. I bet it was uh, Plo Koon. He was on my honorable <laughs> mentions, but he didn't make it. But he didn't make it. Oh, okay. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. It is obvious. It's that guy you talk about all the time. It's Mace Windu. <laughs> no. <laughs> my little Go on, green say friend. It. It's Yoda. Say it. Yes. Yes. Yep. Tell me what you love about Yoda. <sighs> He's kind of everything I want to be. Like, <laughs> um, yep. Mm-hmm. He has the teachings that mean the most to me. And he is devoted to training young Jedis. Um, the fact of failure is the greatest teacher and what makes you unique makes you strong are two of the best things that Star Wars has given us, I think. Um, and I, I, I really, I love Yoda. Like, it's pretty, yeah, pretty obvious. I think, uh, I think what you're secretly trying to tell us is that you want to be 900 years old. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I can no. live that long. Uh, strong but, you are with the Force, but not that strong. <laughs> yeah, rest I need. That's for sure. Yes, rest I need. Uh, same. <laughs> Just relatable. <laughs> rest, rest. <laughs> Uh, who's my number one? Oh, you don't want to you don't want to talk about Yoda some more and just fanboy over him. <laughs> but you do like that I every do day, that every week. Like I don't want to. <laughs> there's going to be more Yoda to talk about eventually. That I don't want to. That's that's very fair. Yeah, and especially since uh, you know Yoda showed up in the Last Jedi. Like, oh my gosh, like your Yoda feels just must be on fire all the time. Pretty much. Yep. pretty much were you were you were you expecting that like without with even before before you read the spoilers were you expecting it like at, yeah, at yeah. all yeah. you were yeah okay like what what rating would you have given it you're like oh i feel like there's an 80 percent chance yoda will show up or were you like hedging your bets and saying nah it's only like 10 percent? i was confident that we were getting yoda like i would have said 90 percent or more Oh, okay. What did you do when you read the spoiler? Did you like jump up out of your seat, like victory, you know, fist no, pump? No, like... I was just at peace. I was like, yeah, that gets good. <laughs> We're going to get some more, more Yoda. More... Just good. You just you like nod with approval. Mm, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, Frank Oz was reported recording in London with The Last Jedi. So like it was kind of well known that Yoda was going to be in it at least. Um, the questions were, were the other Force Ghosts going to appear? Unfortunately, they did not. Um, and I was shocked that they went with the puppet Yoda. I think we've talked about this a little bit. And I was kind of disappointed that they went with the puppet Yoda in The Last Jedi. Because I was really hoping for the CG Yoda. Because I just feel like they really cracked the code um, mm-hmm. in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Where... They had the ability to do a perfect CG Yoda with dynamic acting, um, with freedom to do anything they wanted, like physically. They weren't like constrained to a puppet that degrades and doesn't wear well with time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was really hoping that they would have the CG Yoda in the Last Jedi, but they went back to the puppet. 
That's fair. I, I guess, it, it, yeah, I did want to see the CG Yoda again. I do think it's kind of nice and poetic that Frank Oz got to, you know, pilot the the Yoda puppet once more. And so he and and Mark Hamill got to work together again. Something about that feels very natural to me. So I do like it from that level. But I do agree with what you're saying. Like, I kind of really wanted to see CGI Yoda again and kind of bridge that the gap that people have in their minds between the prequels and all other Star Wars. You know, yeah, it kind of feels like the prequels are their own thing. And then there's the rest of Star Wars. You know, some would even call it the good Star Wars. There's prequels and the good Star Wars. And I'm just like, no, we can start to blend and weave the prequels into the sequel trilogy. No, just puppet Yoda. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, like I, um, mm-hmm. I think that the prequels are good and I, we can be called the prequels are good con podcast I, I mean, yes <laughs> it, there's no denying that we both love aspects of all mm-hmm. of the movies um mm-hmm. so you may love it a little bit more than i do but that's okay <laughs> yeah that's all right it's fine yeah so no i i know what you're saying would have liked to see pre uh cgi yoda but totally chill with puppet yoda honestly yeah yeah so I'll go ahead and share my number one. Yay. It's also going to be surprise you. I feel like mine's boring too. I'm sorry. I doubt but yeah. it. Doubt it. No, yeah, my number one Jedi is Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, really? there it is. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is that too boring? No. No. Oh, okay. Good. Oh, yep. That's good. <laughs> well, it's just like yeah, exactly. He uh, he really is my favorite. He's just. Uh, he's been with me for so long. I feel like um, after episode nine comes out, maybe Ray could could top that for me, and just be my new favorite Jedi. But for now, it's it's still Qui Gon Jinn. I feel like he was everything a Jedi was supposed to be, and and every every good Jedi that we've seen, like every great Jedi that that survived Order sixty six, um, was trying to become more and more like Qui Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. Even Kanan, Kanan is trying to be more like Qui Gon Jinn. He didn't even know Qui Gon Jinn, but that's what he's doing. Right. <laughs> you know, just in that that search for balance and that search for um, that certainty of self. You know, knowing knowing that your feelings and your your intuition that that idea of trust your feelings, that thing that that Qui Gon espoused, trust your feelings, is more important than your code and is more important than your doubt. You know, Qui Gon Jinn knew that. And and every everyone that followed him is trying to to get to that ideal. I feel uh, Luke Skywalker becomes more and more Qui Gonish the more and more he becomes a Jedi. And same with Obi Wan and and Luke. They learn from Qui Gon as as a Force spirit, a Force presence. Uh, they learn from him in their exile. So just Qui Gon Jinn. That, that's it for me. He's the best Jedi. Word. I, yep. I think that he's a great one. Like he's mm-hmm. very, very high on my list too. So, um, yep. I should have been able to guess that one. So, <laughs> can you go yep. through them again? Let me see how many I I would have been able to guess prior to this episode. Uh, I feel like at least three of these you would have been able to guess. But um, from five to one, I had Ahsoka, Ezra, Obi Wan, Ray, and Qui Gon. So, Kanan was an honorable mention. Kanan was an honorable mention, yeah. Okay. I feel like you would have been able to guess Ahsoka, Rey, and Qui-Gon. Yeah. And yeah. Obi-Wan. 
and Obi. And Obi Wan. Oh yeah, that one would have been obvious. Okay. The only one. But Ezra, no, that's Ezra the wild card. Is the wild card. <laughs> that surprised me too. I. Uh, how did he? How did we get here? What Ezra? <laughs> the answer is Darth Maul. It's always Darth Maul. Darth yes. Maul. It always comes back to Darth Maul. <laughs> I'm totally giving uh, a crap. No, it's true though. It's true. I'll admit it. Absolutely. How many oh, of mine gosh, were Brian. predictable? Like all of them? Um, no, not all of them. I feel like I mean, yeah, I would have guessed Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I would have. I would have put Obi Wan higher on your list, though. But I guess that's a that's a mistake. Maybe that was just wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah. I I like what he does with Satine, but the other stuff mm-hmm. just. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So next week, I believe mm-hmm. we're talking about the opposite of what we talked about this week. What? Yes, dark side users. Dark side. <laughs> yes, that's. Oh, I'm so I'm geared up. I'm ready to go. I, you know me. I'm dark side all the way. So. And if everyone can't guess oh. Katie's number one, you will be in well, deep, deep trouble. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm wondering if I should just not talk about Darth Maul just be all like okay it's granted Darth Maul's my fave so let's talk about five other people for just just think things up because I talk about Maul all the time I don't know I don't know well, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I did talk about Yoda today that's true that's true okay I'll have to do some soul searching see if uh... <laughs> just minimize what you want to say with Darth Maul because sure we yep. may or may not have heard it already before. No, okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So we next to- week, Dark Side list going to be very fun. We have talks of something very, very exciting considering Darth Maul. But yes. That will be down the pipe. That's in the future. That's consider that like a little teaser, little little tidbit, little taster. I don't know where I'm going with this. It's been a long night. Good night, everybody. Okay. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. If you guys made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to help us out, we always appreciate it. If you leave a review on iTunes that it really does help us out. It helps us uh, reach more beautiful, wonderful listeners. And of course, as always, if you say something nice in your review, I will read it out on the air and fangirl over you. (laughs) And I will be very grateful as well. Thank you very much. We, it's been a while since we've had a review on iTunes, so that would be mm-hmm. very helpful if we can get a couple more of those. It would absolutely be helpful. Oh, last second plug. I was on um, SW Ramblings. That would be uh, Star Wars on... Underworld? No. SW oh, no. Ramblings? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Edit my good point. friend. No, it's all right. No, just leave it in. That's totally fine. Well, I did meet Andy on the Star Wars Underworld, but... This is a totally separate thing. Um, at SW Ramblings on Twitter, that's my good friend Andy. He has a YouTube channel um, just called Star Wars Ramblings. And he and I did a video just talking about The Last Jedi. It's seriously like a two-hour video going through uh, the comments that Andy got on his on his YouTube page um, about The Last Jedi. So we uh just go through all of that uh address people's critiques people's comments about the last jedi it's a lot of fun so if you want to check that out i know andy would appreciate it and you can hear more of my lovely lovely voice (laughs) oh that would be joyce 
Mm -hmm. I will definitely be checking that out on YouTube. Um, I just Ooh, subscribed, cool. it subscribed tonight. So. Oh, lovely. Okay. So yeah, definitely check that out. And Brian, if people want to reach out to you personally, where can they do that? Uh, at Balls and Play on Twitter and Instagram. Ooh, wonderful. If people want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Poe Hot Dameron. If you want to follow the podcast and keep up with all of our polls for Moon Jockeys, you can do that at Moon Jockeys Pod on Twitter. And then, of course, you can always send feedback to our email address at moonjockeyspodcast at gmail.com. We always love hearing from you. We love you guys so much. Big, big <laughs> hearts for you. Big hugs. Woohoo. High big fives. Hugs. High fives for our lovely listeners. Um, and that about wraps things up. Goodness. Just remember, the Force will be with you. Always. <laughs>